The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. The Pet Buzz gives you the latest 411 on everything pet related. Everything pet related. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic Pet Duo. from the Pet Buzz Studios. This is a bittersweet day for us. It's Derby Day, and for the first time in many, many years, we're not in Louisville, Kentucky, enjoying the 146th Running for the Roses, otherwise known as the Kentucky Derby, the longest continuous held sporting event in the United States. Why, may you ask? And it's a bummer. Because of COVID-19, of course, the pandemic has affected so many aspects of our lives, including this year's race. Churchill Downs is not open to fans for the historic race due to the Kentucky growing pandemic numbers, as well as fans coming from all over the world to watch this spectacular sporting event. We still want to talk derby with you and some of our very special guests for this annual Kentucky Derby special programming. So let me start out the show with the weekly countdown. In segment four, I'm going to talk about how you can celebrate this year's Derby at home. You can do more than watching the race at 7.01 September 5th. Consider having a last-minute Derby party with a few friends and family members. Just remember, if you do have a party, you got to keep the spread down. Low numbers of healthy guests, please. Mm-hmm. In segment three. American horse racing journalist and author of six books, Steve Haskin, will join us to opine about the contenders. And in segment two, Florida State professor Dr. Catherine Mooney is discussing why it is more important than ever to talk about the contributions of African-American horsemen to derby history. And in segment one, we're starting out our show with our first guest, Christine Moore, our favorite Milner, to discuss the luck of the topper. And a big The Pet Buzz welcome to Christine Moore of Cam Hats NYC. Christine has accessorized the rich, the famous, the infamous, and even Kentucky Derby Barbie. Her hats are part of a state exhibit at Churchill Downs Kentucky Derby Museum. And Christine, a dear friend, Charlotte and I are pleased, so pleased, to welcome you back to The Pet Buzz today. Hi there. I'm I'm pleased to be back. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> okay. I'm glad you're okay. Here. So please tell us why do men and women wear hats to racing events? Racing is a family affair, you know, and it engages the ladies who like to think about a million things at once. So it's like it's racing, it's it's dining, it's drinking, it's the fashion. It's it's a full day of fun. It's a it's almost like a a carnival and I, I think of it, it's that there's so much going on in the uh, at racing, and then it's also interactive. Like, most sports aren't like this, where you come dressed to the nines and, and want to show off and, and be the focus of attention along with the sport. And it's a whole day. So there's gaps between the races, unlike other sports. So you have to fill that time, and that's part of it, is the fashion and the pageantry. 
part of filling the time. And people like to people watch, like you, Dr. Fleck. I sure do. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I think that's one of the main things about Derby Breeders' Cup, the Triple Crown, is that people do want to see, they want to see other people dressed up, even if you don't dress to the nines. Like, you want to see it. People are definitely looking for the biggest and the most extravagant hat and um, and living vicariously through, through that person. Through that hat. Through that hat. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that I find, and I was just thinking about it as you were talking, I'm thinking about my time at Triple Crown races. And I will say this. So, you know, when you go to Kentucky, it's fantastic. Lots of bright colors. It's mm-hmm. a little downplayed down at the Preakness. But by the time yeah. you get to New York, I mean, it's so typical. I mean, you could spot, like here in Florida, you could spot the people from New York and New Jersey because they're always wearing black. And the same thing, <laughs> I think, happens at the Belmont. Right, mm-hmm. Dr. Flynn? Yeah, that's I mean, right. you know you're in New York because somebody's wearing a cute, expensive, black, sleeveless dress to the Belmont. With a matching black hat, and you're like, wait, dude, or dudette, you're not going to a funeral, <laughs> okay? <laughs> okay? Okay, so I know that you design for a lot of famous people, and I also know that since there are no fans at Churchill Downs, mm-hmm. just tell us, who did you design for this year? Well, uh, we're going to design for well all the Fox and Friends for Saturday morning, and then we're going to design for Dylan Dreyer and um, Chanel, for Friday, but then other than that, I mean, I've just, it's been just owners. So the owners are allowed to come onto the track. They're my celebrities this year because they get to go. Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, I think maybe we'll see more and more, but right now it's just that the fun news, the weather people are, the, are who are going to be wearing my hats. We planned, I should say, Charlotte has planned on a late planned party for the Derby have our derby party. And I must say, she did great in the short period of time that she planned it. For just a few people, of course, because of that horrible COVID-19. Yeah. And who knows who else will be calling. I guess as they get the word out that the derby is actually racing. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you that that's part of what we're doing, is that we're trying to make the awareness that this great event is actually going on and people can enjoy it this year. Yes. I mean, anybody can go to the Derby this year. You know anybody. what? Here's, here's the deal. Here's the it's deal. It's a level playing field. So, you know <laughs> what? It, it So, there's two things. I'm sure Churchill... I mean, we're not even going to talk about the hats. We're just going to move on from that discussion. But here's what I think. I think in terms of... Churchill Downs, of course, wants to make have another revenue stream. And that revenue stream is selling napkins and plates yes. and, and all sorts mm-hmm. of accoutrements associated right well programs are ridiculous they're ten dollars a piece and you have to buy a minimum of five and in order to get them in time which obviously today we're never going to get them but if you wanted to get them this past week you had to spend like 145 dollars for last minute delivery but you know like even for our party later today we're going to have plates and napkins and i bought everybody a glass cup 146 to go home with Plus, you know, there's a derby flag in front of the house and one hanging on the... So, I mean, they want that additional revenue stream. But the Mm -hmm. the problem is, you know, they have to... Especially in the North, you don't know what derby food is until you really tasted it. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that, yeah, people forgot about it. But, you know, it's funny because... You know, it's like a catcher's catch can. I mean, I like the idea of... I mean, I've talked about having a derby party. I've talked about going to the derby. 
and you know, Dr. Fleck uh, last year couldn't go because of working. But I mean, really, I mean, it's a you know, for us, I think, and maybe you'll agree with me, Dr. Fleck. We celebrate Derby and have are having this party because this is about a hundred and forty six year old tradition that has mirrored society, and every year that one hat or that one thing. Imagine all of the things that have gone on for 146 years and how our country has changed from year to year. But at the end of the day, it's going to be a weird year because the Belmont was not a a mile and a half. It was a mile and a quarter. So whether it's the Big Sandy or the hardest race, and, you know, who knows? I mean, especially since there were scandals, you know, with maximum security and the indictment in March. Which was actually this whole thing helped racing in that way. <laughs> okay, so that was Christine Moore opining about more than hats. You've got to check out <laughs> yeah. her website because she is fantastic. She is so fantastic. And so is her husband. Oh, so that's he is a whole too. other He's great. story. But I'm going to tell you something. So when I think of Christine, and of course I think of the beauty, but you know what I think of? American made beautiful designer oh, hats. Oh, thank you. And that's what I want everyone to think about. I mean, she's the official Milner breeder, you know, Milner of the Breeders' Cup, the Kentucky Derby, and so many more events. So definitely go to her website and check out the men and women's hats because there's always a special occasion for a hat and or a fascinator or a man's hat. So visit camhatsnyc.com. Next race, inequality in black history of Churchill Downs, most famous rate. This is a segment not to be missed. They're off in the Kentucky Derby. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? I love animals and want my pets to be healthy. So I asked our vet, who recommended EpiPet Ear Cleaner. It's super simple, and it even smells good. Every week I use it on both my dog and my cat to gently remove wax and debris. (laughs) I even told my friend Aiden to try EpiPet on his dog Sophie, who always had red ears. But not anymore. Now we both have happy and healthy pets. Thanks, EpiPet. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, visit epi-pet.com. Hey, did you know 2.4 million loving cats and dogs in shelters and rescues need our help to find a home? Let's go to the shelterpetproject.org and meet a few are in a shelter near you. Harlow. Oh, she's one great listener and loves to hear all your stories. My kind of cat. Shrulo. 
There's a sweet, goofy boy who's eager to please. Sounds just like another dog I know. So go to the shelterpetproject.org, search your local shelters and rescues, and go for a cuddle with your next best friend. Adopt. Listening to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio. I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. And this is our special KY Derby programming. You know, unbeknownst to most American and racing enthusiasts, African American horsemen played a vital role in shaping early American turf history. And the Kentucky Derby is no exception. The history of the Kentucky Derby and African American horsemen are intertwined. Churchill Down and its race, the Kentucky Derby, owe a great deal to these black men who shaped America's greatest race. Thirteen of the 15 riders in the first derby were African American, while African American reinsmen won 15 of the derby's first 28 runnings. At this time when so many Americans are feeling that black men and women are being marginalized and suffer from inequality, it's important to remember and review history as well as celebrate the first black heroes of horse racing. And talking to us today about how African-American horsemen and derby history are intertwined is Florida State professor Dr. Catherine Mooney. Dr. Mooney is interested in the cultural history of inequality in the United States, how it is imagined and made into political and legal discourse, and how it plays out in people's daily lives. Her book, Racehorse Men, examined the generations of black men who worked with thoroughbred horses from the colonial period to the 1920s. Dr. Mooney, Charlotte and I are really pleased to welcome you today to the Pet Buzz. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Yeah, I should say welcome back. And I'm going to say thank you because I know I kind of pressured you to do this interview. (laughs) Once again, you have my heart extended to you for being here. That's okay. We got you here. That's all that counts. That's right. So, Dr. Fleck, you had a question. I did. I did. Say, when when Marlon St. Julien rode the Derby in 2000, he became the first black man to get on a mount since 1921. Why is that? Well, it's a combination of things, and probably the most important factor was that after the real predominance of African Americans in occupations in the racing industry, from really the founding of American racing to the turn of the 20th century and the coming of Jim Crow, when Jim Crow came, fewer and fewer African Americans were able to get promoted within the industry, and so there were fewer African American trainers who were mentoring young black men and giving them opportunities to ride big races. So starting in the 20s, while African-Americans continued to work in the industry, they were often not able to get big mouths on big race days. And uh, by 2000, that had begun very, very slowly to change, and we're hoping it's going in the right direction now. 
So I guess my, my next question is, why is it important, especially during this time, during the Black Lives Matter, the BLM movement, to understand the contributions of black Americans to iconic institutions like Churchill Downs and their notable properties, or in this case, races like the KY Derby? Well, I would say two things about that. I would say, first of all, because African Americans at the track were really the first African American sport celebrities, even before some of the ones we think about, like, say, Jack Johnson, who was a boxer. And they, because they were some of the most famous black men in America, sort of inevitably got caught up in debate about the the rights of ordinary African Americans. And I think that's actually very similar to some of what's going on right now, particularly in the NBA and the WNBA, where African American athletes are often given a platform to speak about civil rights. And so knowing this history is actually really important, I think, for contextualizing the long history of protest for justice in America. And the other thing, particularly about the Kentucky Derby, I would say, is that the Derby has always been a site of African-American achievement. Twelve of the first 25 Kentucky Derbies are won by black men. And African-Americans in Kentucky especially, and all over the country, have held on to that history and really preserved it. And at the height of the civil rights movement, in fact, the fair housing demonstrations in Louisville nearly shut down the Kentucky Derby. There was a lot of debate about actually trying to use the Derby as a platform for protest. And the only argument that some African Americans had against that was they said that the Derby, even if it was not recognized as such, was a great institution to which African-Americans had contributed. And they regarded Derby Day as kind of the memorial day for a lot of great African-American athletes and public figures who didn't get celebrated enough. So actually, I think Derby Day is, is a great time to talk about this history always, but particularly in this moment. Yeah. Well, if you've just joined us, we're talking with Dr. and Catherine Mooney, the author of Race Horsemen, a book that has examined the generations of black men who worked with thoroughbred horses from the colonial period to the 1920s. So now let's talk about the 15th Amendment. How did that contribute yeah. to horse racing or didn't it? As I like to remind my students, the 15th Amendment, which was passed in 1870, doesn't actually mean anything unless people try to vote. Right. Like it can say on paper that the situation has changed and that people are enfranchised. But until regular people try to vote, you know, nothing's changed. And what happened to racing because of the 15th Amendment was really that I think for a lot of white Americans, the 15th Amendment was kind of the culmination of this whole shift where there were black Americans who were enslaved and then the 13th Amendment in slavery and then the 14th Amendment demands equal protection of the laws and then the 15th Amendment gives black men the right to vote. And increasingly white people, and it takes a while for this to percolate, but increasingly white people get more and more uncomfortable with the fact that freedom for black Americans is going to mean some kind of equality for black Americans. And so I began running into discussion of the 15th Amendment in racing coverage which really surprised me. But basically where you see it is white journalists who say, oh, I've gone to the track all my life. I love the track. The track is great. I love African-American jockeys. They're great. What I don't like is that their achievements make black fans feel that they are more equal. And all I can think about is the 15th Amendment. And 
that really upsets me. And it's hard not to connect that to the fact that right about the time that discourse starts to appear, African-American jockeys start losing mounts. That's crazy. Just crazy. But there are all these contributing factors to the history, and I think that's why Dr. Mooney is here to just kind of talk about it and get these ideas percolating. Dr. Mooney, it's always so exciting to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. I am always glad to be here, and I am particularly glad to be here at Derby Time. I'm going to hold you to that. (laughs) Well, anyway, that was Florida State Professor Dr. Catherine Winnie discussing the African-American contribution to Churchill's Downs KY Derby history. You know what I really like when she comes on? As you listen to her voice, I mean, you like everything. But you can see it's such a personal mission for her. You Mm -hmm. can hear that emotion in her voice, the passion, the emotion in her voice. And that's what I love. And that's why I had to have her come back. She almost had me in tears. No one can get you in tears. (laughs) Okay. Next up, let's talk the present. Let's talk KY Derby contenders. Yes. Ever Pet knows there's a lot in your life that you worry about. We want to make sure your pet's flea and tick protection isn't one of them. Tever Pet offers vet quality flea and tick protection that has the same active ingredients as leading brands like Canine Advantix 2 and Frontline Plus, but that cost much less, which means you can give your pet total flea protection worry-free. And the best part is you can get Tever Pet flea and tick topicals delivered right to your door when you shop on TeverPet.com. Tever Pet, helping you and your pet live your best life. I want to be a contender. I want a warm belly to sleep on. A big house. How do I look? Do, do I look good? I want to play hard. My nails done. Once a month. I want. I want. I want a home. I just want a home. I want someone to love. Last year, more than 30,000 companion animals came to us without homes. 20,000 of them were felines. Let's make some homes. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. So welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. And this is our annual special KY Derby programming. They're off in the Kentucky Derby. You know what? I could have been a contender. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody instead of a bum. This quote is not only a few lines from the 1954 film on the waterfront, but what I'm convinced jockeys, trainers, and owners think after the big race, after the Kentucky Derby. Oh, yeah. Now, Steve Haskins is joining us today to talk this year's contenders. Steve has gained recognition for his annual coverage of the Kentucky Derby. First, as national correspondent for the Daily Racing Forum, and then as senior correspondent, At the Blood Horse. He was elected to the National Museum of Racing Hall of Fame Media Roll of Honor in 2016. Steve, welcome to the Pet Buzz today. It's good to be here. Just to to correct you, by the way, 
all all the horses are contenders before the race. Nobody says I could have been a contender after it. Only Marlon Brando said that. <laughs> after, 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 after the race, after the race, 95% of the train is saying, what am I, stupid? What the heck am I doing running in that race? Okay, so it can mean I could have been a contender for the next race. That makes sense. Okay, so there we go. I saved myself. Okay. So, Steve, who are your top three contenders for the KY Derby race and why? And who is going to win place and show? <laughs> well, you get right to the You, I the matter, sure do. You? I got my checkbook out. <laughs> well, I had my top three until uh, until Art Collector was uh, was scratched right before the uh, the post position drawer. He was the clear-cut second choice, which is a shame. He was the Bluegrass winner. So now you're down to two. I mean, his law has got to be on, on top of everybody's list. He's going to – his odds – are three to five on the morning line, which if he goes off at those odds, will, he will equal the shortest price odds in the history of the Kentucky Derby. So that's how much of a standout he is. He just keeps getting better and better. I call him the machine. And I've had him on, on rank number one on my Derby dozen my rankings for 17 straight weeks. So there's no way in the world I'm going to go off him now, especially with a lot of the top horses dropping out like Art Collector and Caracaro. And then the second choice has got to be um, Honor AP. Honor AP is, uh, you know, he's a big, strong, long-striding horse. He won the Santa Anita Derby. And he came, uh, he's coming off a defeat, but it was a crazy run race. And a lot of question marks, though. He's coming in off only one little race in 13 weeks, and that's not the way you want to come into the Derby. So if you want to make a case for a long shot to sneak in there, you can. I've got three. I'll just go right to it. I got three long shots that I've liked all year, and I'm going to stick with them, uh, even though they're coming in also in an unconventional way. One of us is Sole Volante, who's going to be who's thirty to one on the uh, on the overnights. Another is Major Fed, who is uh, fifty to one, and another one that I'm really getting to like now is Attachment Rate, who's fifty to one. And just to let you know, by the way, out of the eighteen horses entered, twelve of them are 30 to 1 or higher on the morning line. That just shows you, by the way, how many horses are in here just taking a stab. I'm going to bet some long shots. Why not? Derby's I just history of th- I just gave you three. Oh, you and did. And probably, I was quiet uh, because I was writing everything down. Reasons. Yeah, she scribbled those names down. I scribbled those down. Okay. So, just, don't, just don't put my name to it. Don't worry. I won't. Okay, so earlier in the week, we saw the draw. So how does post-position factor into the potential derby outcome? Well, let's put it this way. This is the first time it's ever happened, okay? The three favorites, who I just mentioned, Tis the Law, Honor AP, and Authentic, out of the 18 horses, drew 16, 17, and 18. Okay, so that's one That's one thing that you'll never see again. I mean, the odds, what are the odds in an 18-horse field? The three overwhelming favorites. I mean, they're three to five, five to one, and eight to one in the morning that's line. That's the unbelievable. Is to one. Unbelievable. Well, like Steve said, it is a screwball year. So, yeah, it is. It is. So not not only did they draw sixteen, seventeen, and eighteen, but Tis the Lord drew seventeen. Now I have a question for you. Name me the only post position that has never ever won the Kentucky Derby. Oh no, number seventeen. Correct. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. gosh. Crazy. Just crazy. Okay. So was 2019, and so was the beginning of 2020. 2020 was supposed to be the big comeback year for horse racing after disqualifying maximum security 
at KY Derby 145. And in March, the indictment of 27 trainers, vets, and pros charged in a scheme to drug horses to race faster. The KY Derby, along with the Preakness and the Belmont, were looking to rebuild their reputations. Now with COVID-19, are we in danger of losing our interest in horse racing? Or does all this make us just want more, more, and more? I don't know if it makes us want to add more, but I, I think it's just a one-year phenomenon. I mean, hopefully by next year, I mean, you never know what's going to be next year, but hopefully by next year, everything will be back to normal. But you have to remember, for a short while, horse racing was the only sport running. That and uh, and, and WWE or, or whatever <laughs> it is, the uh, martial, uh, mixed martial arts, I guess, whatever it is. But that was the only other sport running. Because there was no, there, there was no uh, basketball at the time. Uh, they had they had uh, canceled the rest of their season and 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 hockey, and there was and baseball. There was no baseball. Uh, college football was uh, most of it was being uh, canceled. So horse racing was the only game in town, and you only had like a few racetracks running, and and people people were betting Foner Park in Nebraska because it was one of the few park a uh, few racetracks that were open. And then once uh, Belmont opens and San Anita opened and, and Gulfstream Park was running, and then you got back to a sense of normalcy, and all the major networks were picking it up. Every race was being uh, was being uh, broadcast on uh, on ESPN, giving the results. So horse racing was pretty big there for a little while. So I don't think it, it, there's, there's no danger right now. You know, the Triple Crown got messed up for absolutely no reason at all because Churchill Downs obviously decided to postpone the Derby from first Saturday in May to the first Saturday in September because they wanted to run in front of a full crowd, which obviously didn't happen. And then he wanted to run in front of a partially full crowd, which didn't happen. <laughs> now they're running against no crowd, which they could have easily done on the first Saturday in May, and that messed things up for everybody else and I mean, messed it, up the entire triple it crown. It really did, because if you think about it, I mean, having the Belmont be short is really not the Belmont race. No, it's not. It's the Belmont in name only. Anybody who says... Oh, Tisdale won the Belmont. No, he he won the Peter Pan Stakes disguised as the Belmont Stakes. Exactly. I mean, a mile and an eighth around one turn is not the Belmont. And you have to remember is that in the normal Triple Crown, the final leg is meant to be the extreme challenge, something the horses have never done before and never will do again, which is to go a mile and a half after having run twice, three weeks before and four weeks before. So that's a challenge. This year... The final leg is going to be the Preakness, which is basically like... The shortest leg. I'm, it's like hanging there like like your appendix. It's just there. It doesn't <laughs> do anything. It. It's not doing anything. And by the time they run the Preakness in early October, everyone's going to be thinking Breeders' Cup. So it's not what you would call the ultimate final challenge you want for a horse trying for the Triple Crown. And if Law wins the Derby, <laughs> there are very few people that are going to think he's not going to win the Preakness stake. So... It's just going to be there, and it's going to be anticlimactic, I think, unless unless one of the two monster fillies win the Preakness and come back, and, and excuse me, win the Kentucky Oaks and come back. Well, the look, you never know what's going to happen at the Derby. I mean, who thought Country Horse at thirty to one was going to win? Who thought people were actually him. going to call <laughs> you foul? Had him. Wow! So there. How do you like that? As I wrote in the script, Steve Haskin always educating me. Always. That's why I'm in the hall. That's why I'm in the Hall of Fame. That's exactly why you're in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I got to thank you, Steve. Really, you're thanks, very welcome. Thanks for joining us today. That was really fun. I get a little slapped around, but that's okay. I get educated too. 
That's what we want. Well, hopefully we all get educated. That was Steve Haskin, an American horse racing journalist and author of six books. Six books. Make sure you, make, make sure you pronounce six correctly. I don't want that word before books. So not <laughs> <shocking> <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, next up, had to throw a last-minute derby party. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody instead of a bum. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and our buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. What would you do with two and a half more years with your dog? Two and a half more years of fetch, of walks, of love. Studies show that overweight dogs live two and a half years less on average than dogs at a healthy weight. But Slim Paws is here to help. Veterinarian recommended weight loss in one daily chew for your dog. Slim Paws, for the long, healthy life of your dog. Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We are urban, suburban, and, and country. country. Don't you love this show, this Kentucky Derby programming? It's such an unusual year. It's a different year, and that's it's a for different, sure. It's a different show, right? Well, since no fans are going to be allowed at Churchill Downs for the Derby, let's talk about how you can still enjoy the race. I'm going to ask my party planner. Charlotte, how do you celebrate? But before that, why should you celebrate? You know, I think that's a really good question. I think the big thing for me is KY Derby is the longest running continuous held sporting event in the United States. So much history has taken place in 146 years. And really, the race, just Churchill Downs is part of an American tradition. And there really hasn't been stopped. Even COVID-19 is not stopping the race from going on. But I think, as Christine Moore said, we need a little break. We need to have some fun. And we can do this at home. We can take this daily break from our life of living in this COVID world and getting boring and getting depressed. So I think that's why we need to celebrate. Oh, I totally agree. Well, so I agree how are we going to celebrate, Charlotte? Well, we are going to have a KY Derby party at home, of course. Hot dog. Sounds good. Yeah. So it is possible to organize a party even at the last minute? Sure. Of course of course, it is. You can whip something together pretty quickly. Okay. Tell me how you do it. Okay. Well, safety issues really matter. It's a big issue. So you could only invite a few friends or your immediate family. 
which I think is great. So if you're going to have some friends over, make up your list, uh, call your friends and then follow up with an email. Party for two or two and a half hours is good. So our party is from five to seven. It's plenty of time to eat, drink, socialize, gamble, and watch the Derby. So probably not flip-flops, uh, shorts, and a T-shirt. So what about dressing up for it? Well, if you want to make it special, you can. You know, dressing is kind of fun. You know, make it, you know, have the gals wear sundresses. Guys can wear slacks. I mean, you don't have to go formal. But uh, do a little bit more than jeans and, and T-shirts. And remember, you're celebrating a time-honored tradition, an American tradition. Okay, I'm beginning to celebrate. Celebrate. I'm salivate because you think you must be thinking I, about. I'm beginning to salivate. I'm thinking of eating and drinking. So, what do you serve? Well, I think you're going to serve traditional derby fare. So, don't panic when I say that. You can serve hot browns, which is a traditionally open faced turkey sandwich with bacon, tomatoes, pecorino, romano cheese, and mornay sauce. And here's the best part none of that's expensive. The recipe for the legendary Louisville dish is on the Brown Hotel website at brownhotel.com. And you can serve Bourbon Marys, which actually they have the best Bourbon Marys at the Brown Hotel. Um, so it's basically a Bloody Mary with bourbon instead of vodka. And the drink of the KY Derby is the mint julep. You know what I always find amazing? Each year, Churchill Downs literally serves more than 120,000 mint juleps over a two-day period. Two days. Right. So... That feat requires 10,000 bottles, 10,000 of Old Forester mint julep ready to serve cocktail, and 1,000 pounds of freshly harvested mint, 1,000 pounds of mint. So I grow mint in my kitchen window. I can't imagine 1,000 pounds of mint. And check this out, 60,000 pounds of crushed ice. So the mint julep recipe and other derby cocktails, including the KY Oaks, that's on the day before, Friday, are on the KY Derby website, okay? So, what about the party? Should you decorate? Of course you gotta oh, of course decorate. We do. Silly so, question. you gotta make it special. And you know, decoration is a snap. So, you know, you can visit your local party store, go for the red and black plates, cups, and napkins. You can also hang streamers. I mean, streamers, what, 35 cents? You know, that's not bad. The plates and napkins will. Cost you a little bit. It's too late to order stuff from the Kentucky Derby website or fanatics.com, for example. You know, a crafts, you got to have your garland of roses and some fresh roses. So a craft store like um, Michael's, well, actually, I should say Michael's didn't have any, but Hobby Lobby did. You can hang roses and then get some fresh roses for the table or some some faux. I have to have fresh ones. Um because the KY Derby, it's the Kentucky Derby is the run for the roses, so you gotta have your roses. Well, we'll be watching on TV the the pre derby yeah, run. And have course. the pre derby show on. You could watch some other races, hear the commentary. But, you know? but, but what else can we do besides watch, eat, and drink? Well, it's two hours, so here's what I always do. I always have activities at any party that I do. So I think a fun thing to do, especially if you're having a small group of people, and you don't want everyone to be sitting around on the couch. You want them milling around. So Derby Trivia is great for pulling people together and some pulling some facts off of the Derby website. You can make some cards and ask guest questions, like who was one of the most fav- beloved horses of all time? Secretariat. Okay, here's another one. Who was uh, the big red horse? Secretariat. What's one of your favorite movies? 
Secretariat. What movie did Diane Lane play in? Secretariat. Okay, of course. Okay. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of, or, you know, it's fun things like that. So, there's always things you can do, like horseshoes, you can organize teams, you can play, you know, cornhole, that's a big thing, and you can do some friendly gambling. Now, on Pinterest, I found this little setup where you have mason jars, <laughs> yeah, right, and you put all the horses' names on them. Mason jars, they're like a dollar, a dollar fifty, okay? And you put their names on it. People could put like a little sheet down of how much they, you know, what they bid for, you know, what they gambled for. You can do uh, an exacta first and second, you know, who comes in first and second place. I wouldn't get so specific and you can do a trifecta. So make like the winners put all like $5 in or a dollar in. Do something like the trifecta a little bit more so that person can win. Do we have 18 horses? We've got 18 horses. So how many jars? 18 jars. And if you do uh, exact or trifecta, add a few more. So it's not that hard. No, it's not that hard. I mean, like I said, that's 20 bucks in jars. You don't have to do that. You can put everything, you know, on a sheet. You just got to keep track of the bets with a write-in chart. And that can be really fun because people will go by the bar and just don't screw it up. Okay. Um, you know, and but here's the thing. You can visit our derby party between 5 and 7 later today on Saturday via social media. Are you going to live stream? I'm going to live stream. I'm oh going to do God. a few videos, so look your best. I'm going to dress up. You're going to dress up, not yeah. wearing what you're wearing now, of yeah, course. Yeah, right, right. Okay, so we'll have live videos. We'll post pictures. Um, but the most important thing is you don't want to miss the race. Post time today is 7.01 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on NBC Sports, wherever you may be, whether it's South Dakota, Spokane, Washington, Western Alabama, Roanoke, Virginia, Quincy, Illinois. Right? Yep. Rhode Island. The Super Bowl Amarillo, of horse racing history New is coming Mexico, on us. Minnesota. Big shout out to all of our affiliates out there. Right? Alaska? Not yet. Not yet. Alaska's coming. Anyway, speaking of time, it's time to wrap the show, Dr. Fleck. Oh, my God. It is really? This is so it's much so, fun. This was, this was my one of my favorite Kentucky Derby shows we ever did, considering the circumstances. But before we go, we want to give you a preview of next week's show. So next week, you're going to talk about finding the perfect name for your pooch, how carbon monoxide affects pets, and why it's important to keep those carbon monoxide thingamajiggies in working condition, and how wildlife can affect your home. But before we go, why don't you thank our guest? The guest for this wonderful show today, Christine Moore, Dr. Catherine Mooney, and Steve Haskin. Gotta love that, Steve. And of course, we always must thank our sponsor, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin-coated ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. And if you have a question, write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. We'll try to cover it on next week's show. And if you've missed any portion of this show, visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channel and listen to the podcast on Monday morning. And most importantly, remember, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love on KY Derby Day, September 5th. Goodbye.
Kentucky Derby. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. Tune in each week for the latest 411 on everything pet related. Visit our website at www.thepetbuzz.com. Learn more about us, the show, and our guests.